0: Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question How do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the Fabric Podcast, we're back with our founder, president, and CEO, Andy Alsop. We recorded this episode two days before the sixth anniversary of Andy taking over the company, which made it a great time to talk about the idea of remaining bootstrapped and how to be capital efficient as a startup. Andy talks about what it means to be bootstrapped and why this approach has been important to him and to us as a company. He shares how being bootstrapped has affected the company and our choices, and why he sees this distinction of being bootstrapped as important to our company and its growth. Companies can grow in lots of different ways, but Andy feels strongly that for us, being bootstrapped is the right choice. And no matter your approach, being capital efficient is critical when you're a startup. Enjoy the episode. Andy, I'm so excited to be back with you on the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Doing great. Doing great. Great to see you again.
0: Yeah, you too. Now, um, if anyone is actually watching this video, they're going to see a different background for you. So tell us, where are you at today?
1: So I'm actually in the Denver office today. um, And I've been here for the last couple of days. And it's been awesome because we've actually had a few people come into the office. So I was able to really spend some time with other human beings as opposed to seeing everybody over Zoom. So that was great. And I'm here in our studio. This is where we do all of our live demos. And I thought, hey, I'm doing a podcast reporting with Sarah. Why not do it from uh, here in the, in the studio? So I'm excited about that.
0: Absolutely. And we love that people are coming back into the office and it seems like we're getting closer to back to normal. So this is exciting. And this is a good topic for us today. We are talking about how to be capital efficient as a startup. But let's start off with talking briefly about what it means to be a bootstrap startup, um, in case some of our listeners aren't familiar with this term.
1: Definitely. So bootstrapped really means that what you're doing is um, growing the company on the cash flow that you generate from the business, rather than bringing in outside capital. Uh, you might bring in outside capital from, say, an angel investor or venture capitalist. And what you're doing is you're selling equity in your company when you're doing that. In a bootstrap company, you are deciding to say, okay, I'm just going to fund the company based on the cash flow that comes from the business. We are a software-as-a-service company, a SaaS company. And the metrics of a SaaS company are very favorable. There are many SaaS companies, famous ones, of course, are like Salesforce and things like that. And a SaaS company can generate a fair amount of cash as a result of the billing model of billing customers in advance, maybe for a year in advance. Uh, and that means that you have the capital to be able to grow the company through cash flow, as opposed to saying, okay, I'm going to sell 20% of my company of uh, in the, the equity of the company and then use that capital to be able to grow my company. Bootstrap companies generally grow slower because they o- they only have access to the cash flow that comes from the business as opposed to getting uh, maybe a larger sum uh, from a venture capitalist or a private equity firm.
0: Now, we've talked about this before, but why was it important for you to be a bootstrap startup as you took over the receptionist? And how has that evolved as we've become a more mature startup?
1: Well, I've been running startups now for the about 25 years, and I've done everything from bring in venture capital. Uh, I've run off being bootstrapped as well. What I really like about being bootstrapped is that you have the flexibility to run your company the way you want to run your company. Frankly, when you bring in outside capital, there are other people around the table who have an opinion about how things might get might be run. And for me, quite frankly, that can be sometimes difficult because it means that if I want to do it a certain way, I need to be able to sort of bring everybody together to be able to help, you know, develop that strategy. And, you know, maybe I'm a little bit of a uh, control freak, you know, <laughs> so this gives me an opportunity to run the company the way I want to. And I have to say with this company, I've been extraordinarily lucky in the fact that i have an incredible team uh, we're really well aligned and we are moving down the road uh, very nicely uh, without having to bring in excess capital the other thing too is that we get to keep the equity it gives us the opportunity to grow the company and retain more of the equity we can share that equity with more of the employees uh, with the founders and things like that so Generally, it, you know, those, the bootstrap companies are going to grow slower, but at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of benefits to it.
0: Yeah, well, I think you've painted a nice picture of why you've made that choice, and you're certainly not bashing anyone who would make a different choice in this. But why this works for you when you started, and why it continues to work for us as we continue to grow and evolve.
1: Yeah, exactly, and I think that's that's a really important point: is that there is no right way to grow a business. It really comes down to what is the business model? How is it that you're selling to customers? And how is it as the leaders you want to actually grow the business? There's nothing wrong with venture capital. There's nothing wrong with angel, uh, angel investment. There's nothing wrong with bootstrapping. All of those things are great ways to, to grow a business. And in fact, even some of the other rivals, as we like to call them, rather than competitors, because we're really running, starting to run under the infinite game by Simon Sinek is uh, the other rivals in our space are taking on capital. And I've actually gotten to know several of the founders of other companies in our space. And I have to say, it's been great to talk to them because for them, it's working the way they want to and in the strategy that they want, It's supporting the strategy that, that they want to take. Um, and the strategy we're taking really supports the idea of being a bootstrap company.
0: Yeah. And as a bootstrapped company, being capital efficient is very important. So, what does this mean to you, and let's talk to our listeners, why is that so important?
1: Yeah, capital efficiency is capital efficiency is something that you always hear about in startups. Uh, if you're talking to a venture capitalist, you know they'll say we really want to work with a company that's capital efficient. Um if you're in a bootstrap company, you almost have to be capital efficient because you have nowhere else to go for capital. Uh, the, some of the things that are nice about, particularly in SaAS where we are right now is that there are a lot more Financing vehicles that don't require you to actually sell your equity. There are revenue based financing, um, where basically you can get loans uh, that don't require a personal guarantee and things like that, but they allow you to bring in debt capital that you pay back through the cash flow of what you have. Well, if you have that and uh, you're uh, a bootstrap company, you really do need to be capital efficient because. Let's say you get, you, you aren't capital inefficient, <laughs> uh, or you, you become capital inefficient, you're starting to drain the bank account and that bank, bank account is the lifeblood of the company. Uh, and you're at that point, maybe having to go out and find more capital if, if that happens. So for me, capital efficiency means that with every hire, because pretty much everybody knows in a startup and almost every business, the, the most The largest expense of the business is going to be your payroll and the people in your company. So when you're capital efficient, you have to say, is this somebody I really need on the team right now? Uh, Is this somebody who can contribute to help build the top line? How much of it is going to road the bottom line if I bring this person on? So that's really being capital efficient is being able to say for every dollar that we invest in growing this business, how can we get a return? Uh, from that dollar because there aren't a whole lot there. There may not be unlimited dollars uh, to spend.
0: Right. And so, what are some ways that you have seen companies, maybe not ours, hopefully not ours, be capital inefficient? And how might they work on that?
1: Well, one of the things that happens with a company that is capital inefficient it's usually the existence of significant amounts of capital. It doesn't always happen. There are founders who are amazing at being able to take investors' money and be able to invest that really well. But I have seen it in times where there are companies that will bring down an enormous amount of money, maybe a hundred million dollars in investment. Well, in that case, you need to grow really fast. And if you're gonna grow really fast, you probably can't take as much time as you'd like on hiring to make sure you get the best people, because really what you need to do is get, <coughs> excuse me, people into the company. So you need to be able to hire quickly, and hiring quickly when you're not able to take the time means that you're going to make some mistakes and those mistakes are going to cost money. And so that's where I've seen capital inefficiency. The other place is to pursue strategies and dump money into those strategies where maybe if you didn't have all that money, you would, might say to yourself, well, let's really think about how we're going to, we're going to execute on this strategy before we jump in, uh, because it's all right. We're going to make some mistakes and it's better. To make mistakes so we can grow faster. Again, nothing wrong with those strategies, but it just means you may not be as efficient with the capital because you're experimenting. You're using those dollars to say, hmm, will this, will this strategy work? And it may not. Totally fine, because then that means maybe move on to the next strategy. Whereas if you don't have a lot of capital, you've really got to be careful with the strategy. Right now, we're embarking on a new strategy that we're looking forward to announcing later on in the year. And we're being pretty careful about it. We're making sure we're talking to the people in the, in the market segment that we're looking at and, and basically trying to do as much homework as we can, because we may only get one bite at the apple to really go strong against a strategy.
0: Yeah. Now, on a previous episode, you and I talked about our journey as a startup and how we are still one. We confirmed we're still one, but a, a more mature or a later phase startup. What do companies need to be aware of when it comes to remaining capital efficient and bootstrapped as they evolve? You've already touched on this, but I want to make sure we don't leave anything out. Anything else about as we evolve and become this later startup, remaining capital efficient?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's a a great question. So we have been growing and we're growing. And I think I'm proud of our team because we're generating cash. Uh, We made it through the pandemic. We actually grew through the pandemic, which I feel very grateful for. And as I see us emerging from the pandemic, I really do feel like, and and we're starting to see a little bit of this, that business is beginning to pick up again. More people are going to start going back to offices and we're a check-in solution for offices. So we look forward to more people going back to offices. So what that means is that as we begin to generate more cash, that means that the bank account can grow. And so it's easy to say, whoa, we're just, you know, we're just plowing in the money. Uh, and I, you know, I don't I, I can't say that we're ever gonna say we're, you know, really plowing in the money, <laughs> but at the same time, you can start to get a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit maybe not as cautious and therefore realizing maybe halfway again into a strategy or to initiative or into your hiring plan or what your budget and capital plans are. You might realize, wow, we just ended up using a lot more capital than we expected. And we kind of let that slide away and, and weren't being as capital efficient. So it's kind of like, it's basically just keeping your eye on the ball. Uh, we, we work with an incredible CFO, fractional CFO firm, highly recommend that they do the analysis behind all of our decisions. So as we are working on, let's say this new initiative we're working on, we go to them and say, we need to model some of the things that we're thinking about so that we know that we're going to do it right when we actually get there. And they've been an invaluable partner to be able to allow us to do that. And we started working with a, a fractional CFO uh, company when we were, you know, south of a million dollars in annual revenue. And now we're far past that. And that has helped us. So I always recommend having a financial partner on your side. That's going to help you be capital efficient. I mean, LJ Suzuki, the, C- the CEO and president of uh, CFO share is always that. You know, he's always that sounding board we have about what strategy we're going to use and what that means. And, and he's just been incredibly invaluable being able to give us that feedback that we really need.
0: And do you see us continuing to remain bootstrapped as we continue to grow?
1: Oh, no, that's another question. Like, are we a startup, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> we, we have to ask you the tough questions, Andy. You're the man in charge.
1: And it's so funny because we always seem to work them out on these podcasts. So it's real time <laughs> stuff. But no, I, this is something I've thought about for a long time. There is, as I, I mentioned before, we do have some access to capital, and as our revenues grow and our and and our cash flow grows, we have access to debt capital. And then the question is, like, are you still a bootstrap company if you're taking in debt capital? You know, a bootstrap company generally doesn't sell their equity. But in this case, we wouldn't sell our equity. So it kind of gets down to like, would that mean we're still a bootstrap company if we took outside capital, but it was debt capital. Uh, and it just was using our existing cash flow to be able to leverage that and get more money. I personally believe you're still a bootstrap company if you do that, because you're not selling your equity, you still retained all your equity. So I, you know, that's where some people might say, well, no, Andy, I don't believe you're still a bootstrap company if you do that, but we may go in that route, but I'm not really interested. And I don't think our leadership team and my co-founders are interested in actually changing the model we have and becoming a company that sells its equity and, you know, maybe gives away board seats to investors and things like that. So, uh, where I sit today and. Uh, in our our little studio here, um, i I would say that we are going to uh, remain a bootstrap company uh, for the foreseeable future,
0: yeah, it sounds like that distinction around being bootstrapped and feeling really good about that and proud. And we talked about this on the previous episode. It's kind of that mentality of of being scrappy and really just sort of going for things that that's who we are. And you see that as continuing to be a part of our identity as a company,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think that it gets back to the capital efficiency it gets back to the you know the ethos of the company we examine every expense you know before we make it and it's not like you know we're making small investments too hundreds of thousands of dollars in investments of things we're going to do but before we make those decisions we are examining those really seriously to make sure that they have the impact that we want them to because in the end all of this is about making sure that the people who work for us, who service them, the customers and keep this, this great machine going. We need to make sure that we always can look them in the eye and say, yes, you're always going to have a paycheck. We're not going to be reckless with the funds in the, in the company. So that's that scrappiness. And it, it, it's something we live throughout the, the company. It's not just me or it's not just me, the, the leadership team. You know, it's not, it's every individual in this company lives that same way. And that's because we kind of live under this title of being bootstrapped. I Personally, I love it. You know, it's not, not for everybody, but it's been something I really enjoy and, and, and I'm so glad we've chosen this path.
0: Absolutely. And as we finish up today, any final thoughts on remaining bootstrapped and remaining capital efficient as a startup?
1: I think it's something that's that's worthwhile examining. If you're if you're a young startup and, and, and I'll tell you this when I bought this company back in April of twenty fifteen and and as of the recording of this podcast day after tomorrow is the sixth anniversary of the receptionist, which is great. But when I bought this company, I honestly was ex expecting that I was gonna take the traditional path. I was gonna buy the company maybe get a little bit of angel investment. And then I was going to go get an A round and a B round and a C round. And we were just going to blow this up. And it's been through the journey that I've been on with my co-founders and with my leadership team. Um, I have two brothers that helped uh, put a small amount of capital in just in the beginning, get the company running with their blessing. And with everybody around me, I've I've changed. I actually decided I don't want to do that. I've actually had venture capital in the past and it's, it was an okay experience. I had very supportive investors and such, but I really wanted to do this and was actually led to wanting to do this a different way. And I'm not, I'm not looking back on it. I have say, I will say that I have, and we have chosen our strategy based on the fact that we don't have enormous amounts of capital. And I'm super excited about that, because some of uh, some of our rivals have chosen a different way that does require them to get lots of capital, and I know they're going to be successful in what they do as well. And and I and I'm proud to kind of be in the same group with them, but knowing the strategy we're taking gives us the opportunity to be able to make those decisions and say we can do this as a bootstrapped company. And you know we're going to do another follow up episode, see how it goes, but. I really think that this strategy is, gonna, is, is going to be supportive of being bootstrapped. So I recommend taking a look at it. Is it something you can actually do and, and be bootstrapped? Because you retain your equity and you need to retain a lot of control as well.
0: Okay, and I have one more question for you today, Andy. On our previous episode about being a startup, we kind of had some good realizations and some learning. Anything new that you've learned or realized in today's episode kind of talking this out today?
1: I would say that um it's around the question of whether we're going to be bootstrap. I don't know if I've learned it. I've kind of known in the back of my head and and it's almost like these podcasts are a, a place where you kind of tell your truth out loud and get it <laughs> out of your head. Well, that's <laughs> one of the things is that I think being asked that question and then needing to answer it in a podcast has really helped me understand that that is really that that is true to how I feel. That that I'd like to see this be a bootstrap startup going forward. Well,
0: You heard it here first, people. (laughs) Well, Andy, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your thoughts on us being a bootstrapped company and staying that way for a while.
1: You're welcome. And it was great to be on the podcast. And I can't wait to hear what I said.
0: (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to watch the video of today's podcast where you can see that Andy is actually back in our office in Denver. Check us out at thereceptionist.com.